Hello and welcome to this episode of the Oasis Church podcast, featuring a talk from Bringing Life, our series exploring the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Together, we see how Joseph is someone who brings life to those around him, even in some tough situations. How his story points forward to Jesus, the ultimate life bringer, and how the invitation for each of us is to be those who bring life in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Ready? Here we go. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me but he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called to her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought came to make sport of me, but as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Hi friends, it is an unbelievable privilege to be with you once again today and I want to kind of continue where we've kind of started and continue through uh, this morning. If you were around uh, in the welcome slot with Rich, like didn't it bring us like an immense amount of joy? I have ensured that that has been recorded and I promise you that will go viral over the coming weeks and months. Um, And then from that joy of what Uh, Rich brought, I think just that deep sense of God wanting to come and restore us that's come through worship. And I guess as we look at this passage that faith has so excellently read out to us, my hope and desire is that those two themes will keep coming through to us, that God is one who's wanting to come and bring us joy through his restoration. And um, this story of Joseph just speaks into our stories at the moment. I, I really believe that, that as it's speaking into our stories, that God is longing to come and bring life, bring life to you and, and bring life to me. And, 
And as we know that sense of God coming and bringing us life, he's then wanting in turn to empower us to be those that aren't locked in, but rather those that can seek to bring life to those around us, bring life to our households, bring life to our neighbours, the people we meet at the shops, our work colleagues, um, other parents on the playground, our, our wider family and friends, that through the messages we speak, the actions we take, the texts we send, that we're able to bring life. Therefore, I do want to zoom in on this part of the story that Faith has read out to us. You see, once again, we find ourselves on the roller coaster that is Joseph's life. You know, from last week where we kind of left Joseph seeming to be like flourishing, bringing life within Potiphar's household, and suddenly his life turns upside down again, and we find that he's facing temptation, temptation from his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, and then from that point of facing temptation, turning away from it, running away from it, we then find that he faces false accusation. A false accusation that doesn't lead to him being kind of cleared, but rather being thrown into prison. Then we discover that, once again in prison, as Joseph Joseph is locked in more, actually in that place, God uses him to bring life again. But before we kind of zoom in on the story, before we look at kind of temptation and false accusation, which we all get to look at. And maybe some of you are thinking, man, really? Like, haven't we got enough to deal with at at your age with wanting to talk and get us to look at temptation and false accusation? Well, we'll get on to that. But I, I think we need to because I think this moment that we're living in, this season of the pandemic, this locking in that we're experiencing, actually, I think, causes us to have to face temptation, has to face kind of false accusation. But we will get there. But before we get there, I think it's really important that we get to look at how Joseph was sustained through all that he went through. So you want to zoom in on that because I believe as we get to examine and see how Joseph was sustained, we're going to see how God longs to sustain you and sustain me at the moment. And how in that sustaining it both brings us life but also empowers us to bring life. As to help us do that, I want to zoom in on one verse. And that's verse 21 of chapter 39. And in verse 21, it reads this, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Like, we hear once again, not of how Joseph is feeling, having encountered all that he's gone through, but rather we're reminded again of who is with Joseph. And we're told God is. God is with Joseph and that makes all the difference. And in this moment, what we discover is that God being with Joseph means that God comes and shares his faithful love with Joseph. You see, how is Joseph sustained? How is God longing to sustain you and I through this pandemic? I'd say He's longing, as he did with Joseph, to sustain us with love or to be sustained by love. Now, if Richard was doing this or Rich was doing this from the beginning, he would have kind of taken this moment and said, actually, what's the exercise for this? Well, I think the exercise for this one, as I was quickly bracketing around in my brain as he was doing his exercises, this, I think it would be sustained by love. 
I, I, maybe you're at this point thinking, I'm so glad Rich is the one who did the exercising at the beginning and not Adrian. Well, so am I. I, I don't think I could have done it. But sustained by love. Maybe some of you at this point in your home are thinking, yeah, I, I'm going to get with that. I'm going to keep doing that exercise throughout the entirety of you speaking, Adrian. Well, that's up to you. You can do that if you want. I'm not going to be doing that. Rather, I want to look at what does it mean then to be sustained by love? Well, for Joseph, we're told that God came and shared with him his faithful love. That God met with Joseph and and caused him to know that his love for Joseph was unwavering. Was a love that was going to keep on going. It's a love that was unending, unfailing. And for Joseph, in that moment, it brought him deep comfort. Comfort to know that he wasn't alone, but he also had God who was for him, who was loving him. It brought him that deep sense of comfort, which meant that he wasn't being crushed by his surroundings, but rather was able once again to bring life within his surroundings. And the same is true for you and I in this moment. That God is longing to cause us to know that we are sustained by his love. Sustained by his faithful love. At this point, we don't need to cling on to what God spoke to Joseph. Rather, we get to understand what God has spoken to us. And so in John 15, verse 9, we find that Jesus says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. See, Jesus speaks over you and speaks over me with that same faithful love. A faithful love that he gives an even broader perspective of saying, actually, this love that you're to know, this love that you're to live with, this love that you're to be sustained by, is the very love that I, the Son, have known from the Father through all eternity. That's what this faithful love is, that you and I get to know that we're loved unconditionally. We're loved unwaveringly. We're loved with a love that is for us, that is desiring our best. We're loved with a love that is longing to cause us to know that we have nothing to prove, forever accepted, that we are delighted in. We're loved with a love that is after our best. See, it's this love that we're called to continuously be remembering and receiving. Like, how do we sustain ourselves in this moment? Yes, there are things that we can do that help with our well-being or help us be resilient. But the ultimate resilience, the ultimate way we can sustain ourselves through this pandemic is understanding that we are firmly placed on the rock that sustains us through his love. That you and I are those that are deeply Loved by God. And it's that that will sustain us. We need to be those. And I find myself having to do this daily of coming back to God and saying, I remember that you're one who said that as you've been loved, Jesus, by the Father, you now love me. And I remind myself of what that love is. And then I come and receive again by the Spirit the reality of that love daily, moment by moment. You see, This invitation to be sustained by love, 
enables us to kind of deal with life. It allows us to know that we can truly know satisfaction, whatever circumstances, because this love truly satisfies. It defines us. It causes us to know the value that we get to live with, not being externally kind of revealed as valuable, but rather knowing that God himself has said we are of immeasurable value, eternal value through his unwavering love towards you and towards me. And that therefore means that as we're sustained by love, we can then both be those that bring life and deal with life. See, we find with Joseph that in this prison, as he's like dealing with this next circumstances where you could have expected him just to think, well, that's it, I give up. Like, what is going on? We find, no, he, he brings life there. And that for you and I, that this moment as we get to know that we're sustained by love, it then enables us to be those that bring life to others. Bring life how? I'd say by seeking to just reveal the love that we know. To, it changes our perspective of how we see people because suddenly this love that we experience causes us to see others with that same love. It allows us to know that the words that we speak, the actions we take, allow others to taste of that love. But see, I want to kind of zoom in too much on that bringing life as we're sustained by love. I rather want to just give some time of how we deal with life sustained by love. As I said at the beginning, I do want to look at these whole areas of temptation and this whole area of um, false accusation is, I believe in this lockdown moment, it just causes us to have to live with these things. And I believe that the most loving thing I can do at this moment is to kind of say, hey, this is a reality. You see, being sustained by love allows us to deal with temptation. See, Joseph faced temptation. We don't have to go into the specifics of the temptation he faced, but in reality, temptation, I define like this. It's the invitation to find satisfaction in something that is out of God's best for us and is seeking us to take our eyes and satisfaction off his love for us. See, temptation in itself isn't wrong, but how we respond to it matters. See, for Joseph, he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, and that, that temptation came at the moment where actually he was flourishing life. Everything was going really well. But also we discover that temptation comes kind of daily. It's like just continuously seeking to erode at who he is and doesn't go to the nth degree, but gradually like an invitation to say, hey, why don't you compromise on this? with an end goal at matter. We also discover this temptation ultimately kind of uh, expands at the point where Joseph is isolated, alone with Potiphar's wife. And in that moment, we find that there's this extreme situation of temptation. See, I believe in lockdown, we find ourselves like that. It may be not feel that like we're flourishing in life, but I think we know what it is to be eroded by the same thing day in, day out. I think we know what it is to be isolated. I think in these moments, we can find ourselves having to deal with temptation. Like, 
for Joseph, as he faces temptation, how we find he deals with it is he says, no, this is outside of God's best. Like, I want to be sustained by God's love and his goodness. We find that ultimately it causes him to flee out of sight in his underwear. Like, such is his desire to say, no, no, I don't want to go down that route. Like, how about you and I? Like, how are we dealing with temptation? Can I give us some things that I think help me, and I wonder whether they would help you? I'd say, firstly, we need to be those who just recognize. Recognize the temptations that we're facing. I don't know what it is for you. I know what they, they are for me sometimes. It's like, is it about what you're watching? Is it about kind of how much you're drinking? Is it about how much you're eating? Is it about how much you're exercising? Is it about like the weight you're putting on a certain relationship? Like, what is it? Like, recognize the temptation that's there. And then having recognized, then spend time remembering. Remembering that God loves you. That's what I have to do. I have to say, God, I remember how much you love me and how that love sustains me and how that love satisfies me. And so having recognized and remembered, I then get to respond. To say, actually, how am I going to respond? Recognizing what this temptation is. I'm, I'm going to respond by saying, God, I want to choose your best. And therefore, I want to say no to this. Sometimes it means that I have to literally flee. It might be that I have to just turn the TV off. It may be I choose not to look online. Not to kind of drink alcohol at this point. I don't know what it is for you. But having responded, the, the next thing I tend to do is reach out. Like, the reality is we're in a point of isolation. And in that point of isolation where temptation comes, it can be hard to bat away because we think, eh, no one will know. Yeah, actually, it's thinking, no, no, this falls out of the best that God's got for me. And therefore, as I battle with this, I don't have to do it alone. I text someone, I ring someone, I message someone and say, like, can you stand with me as I'm trying to deal with this? Not to be kind of clipped around the ear saying what you're playing at, but rather people I know are for me who say, yeah, we're going to stand with you and encourage you, Adrian, because we know that you don't want to go this way. But for some of us, the uncomfortable truth of we're sat in the room is we know we have. We know we didn't want me to talk about temptation because we knew that we just felt that sense of conviction of realizing that we've gone after something that we thought would satisfy, but actually it's taken us away from God's best. To you, God speaks his faithful love. How amazing is that? That God comes to us and says, like, like don't dwell in this place, but repent, turn away from where you've been looking, what you've been doing. Ask for forgiveness and say, God, I turn back to you. I say, would you come and truly satisfy me? Surely it's got to be more complicated. Surely I need to do more to prove myself. No, no. It's just that. Repent. For some of us, we just need to know that. You're not alone. It isn't all over. God meets with you. 
with his faithful love. But not only are we sustained by love to deal with temptation, we're also sustained by love to deal with false accusation. You see, Joseph found himself in this moment where he kind of made the right choices. He ran from temptation. And then he faced false accusation, and there could be this feeling of like, surely he's going to be vindicated. That's surely the way this story is going to go. Whereas actually we find he finds himself in prison, locked up. And yet we find that in that locked up moment, God meets with him in his, with his faithful love, and it liberates Joseph. It liberates Joseph to know that he isn't defined by the false accusation, but rather he's defined by this love of God, which causes him to bring life once again. See, there's so much we could talk about in false accusation, but in this moment of lockdown, I just wonder how many of us are dealing with false accusation, not from external sources, but from the internal where we find the echo chamber we're living in at the moment of just our own head is bringing false accusations. See, false accusations do this. It's where they seek to undermine who we are and reveal we have everything to prove. You can find yourself in lockdown suddenly, like, continuously comparing yourself or competing with how others are doing. I don't know, maybe it's through that Instagram status or uh, through that just way of thinking about how someone else's life's gone. And well, if I was living their life, like, of course I'd be all right. Or maybe it's like, it just seems like they are just acing lockdown and I'm barely coping. And we find these moments of comparison and competition just erode away at us and we begin to see that actually maybe we have got everything to prove because we're just not good enough. And the truth is, God meets with us in that place. and says, no, I sustain you by love. I sustain you by love, which causes you to realize that actually I delight in you. I place value in you. Your confidence comes from how I see you, which liberates us liberates us into knowing that we have nothing to prove. It causes us to be able to say, hey, competition, hey, comparison, you have no place here. False accusation doesn't reign here. The love of God does. And God's love sustains us. See, today I want to offer you and I an invitation, an invitation to be sustained by love. This isn't a moment to dig into how much resources we've got in ourselves. Say, oh yeah, I, I can look back in whatever year it is and tell so-and-so generation that how I did the pandemic is I realized how robust and resilient I was. No, no, it's an invitation to say in generations to come, hey, how I got through this is through the sustaining, being sustained by God's love. That's what did it. That's what sustained me. Like knowing that love. Knowing that love that allows me to both bring life and deal with life. The I want to leave us with, with seven questions to consider over the coming week. The first one is this, and obviously they're all personal. They're all eyes. That isn't that I want you to judge me and think, okay, how's Adrian doing? No, no, this is for you to look at and evaluate with God how you're doing. 
Am I spending time daily remembering and receiving God's faithful love? Secondly, is God's love defining who I am at the moment or is something else? Thirdly, how can I allow God's love to define me more? Fourthly, how am I being tempted at the moment? Fifthly, how am I responding to temptation? That's an uncomfortable question. Sixth one, do I need to repent? And then lastly, do I need to reach out to someone else? Today isn't about condemnation. Today is about that invitation to liberation from the sustaining power of God's love. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to hand back to Andy and the band in order that we can just respond to God. So just where you are, why don't you just close your eyes, I'm going to close mine, and we just won't get distracted by other things. Just pray for us. God, I ask where each of us are now. I pray would you meet with us. And I pray would you cause us to know and experience afresh in this moment your faithful love to each and every one of us. Amen.